welcome to RSF, the Revolutionary Sports Front, your dirty, nasty, and controversial sports talk podcast for all things Detroit sports and sports worldwide. Here are your hosts, Tony, Joey, Frank, and Gerard, four lifelong friends born and raised in South Detroit. At the same time, however, Episode 30 of the Revolutionary Sports Front, and we have a special one for you today, people. Full House, Preston Brothers to my left and right, Joey via Skype, as always, from Seattle, Tacoma, and we are ready to rock. When I say special, I mean we, uh, we came up with an idea, and when I say we, I mean mostly Tony. We've got to give props where props are due, but Tony came up with an idea today. And um, given the current status and the upcoming presidential election, we have decided as a show to kind of go with a theme in that regard, Um, especially when it comes to the teams that we are all divided upon upon on the show. So, Tony, I'm going to kick it over to him to explain the rules, explain the format, the time frames, and what it's all about. And uh, this is his baby. I'm just just presenting the, the facts, Tony. Explain the rules, and let's get this going. We're also going to talk Red Wings later, too. All right. Thank you very much, Frank. The rules. We'll get to those in a minute. But first, let's introduce our candidates. Representing Michigan State and the Green Bay Packers, calling himself the Bleed Green Party. We have noted MSU alum and Aaron Rodgers fan number one, Gerard Preston. Representing the University of Michigan and the Detroit Lions, Calling himself the Bleed Blue Party. We U of M Dearborn represent. We have noted U of M Dearborn alum, Frank Rotowski. And because we're not like the presidential debates, we do have a third party who will be here to try and be a little bit of balance between the two. And then he'll be representing his team, Notre Dame, and calling himself the Gold Standard Party. U.S. Marine Corps member. And Cat. noted... And noted Eastern Michigan alum, Joseph Krozik. Thank you for having me, Tony. It's going to be a fine debate. So the rules for this debate will be simple. I will ask a question, and each of them will have two minutes to respond with their point of view on this. So, without any further ado, let's get to the first question. Let's do it. Uh, before we start, I'd say like to say best of luck to my opponents. And unlike the presidential candidates, I believe this will be a fair and fact-filled debate and not a bunch of mudslinging. I'm sure there will be plenty of mudslinging, though. I'd also like to say, uh, before we start, good luck to both my opponents. If you want to call them that, I call them my Show allies. My opponent. We're all uh, we're all for the same cause, and uh, we'll go out like gangsters no matter win, lose, or draw. So that's how we do it on this show. I just want to say I come from the gold standard, and I will uphold that that standard. Uh, I may or may not gold have shower standard or just gold standard. A lot of I, I may or may not have committed multiple internet felonies, but I have a fact checker online that I'll save my ass tonight. Tremendous. <laughs> what? And we move on, Tony. Let's go. All right. So the first question is concerning the Michigan Michigan State game. The big rivalry in the state of Michigan played for the Paul Bunyan Trophy between Michigan and Michigan State, which hitting us hard off the bat, Tony. I like it. Yes. And the question is, as we all know, 
In many of the Michigan State hype videos, we hear this quote, and it is played all the time leading up to the rivalry on many national networks, where after Mike Hart infamously called Michigan State little brother, Mark D'Antonio responded by saying, Pride comes before the fall. Now, in this year, when Michigan State seems to have a down year, do you feel that these words will give extra motivation to the Michigan team? Gerard, as this is your school who made the comments, we'll let you go first. All right, uh, thanks for the question, Tony, and uh, thanks for coming out of the gate with the real stuff. Uh, I think that we should focus more on the little brother, but maybe hopefully we'll get to a question about that later because I believe that it's coming back this year after it's been silenced by D'Antonio's pride come, comes before the fall comment. And, yeah, I do think Michigan's going to use his motivation. I think they're going to use his face as motivation, as I think they should. But in the same token... I hope that in Michigan State's locker room, they got a picture of Jim Harbaugh with his shirt off playing touch football with those little boys in Bama. You know what I mean? So I think that anything can be motivation is rivalry. I remember uh, two years ago when Bolden put a spike in the middle of our grass and we covered the spread because of it, winning me and Michigan State fans like myself a bunch of money. And that's all I have on this topic. Thank you for your timely response there, Gerard. Now we'll be moving on to Frank. What is your response to this? Well, thanks for the question, Tony. And pride does come before the fall, and that's a very fair statement made by that. And you could talk about motivation and downfalls all you want, but the fact of the matter is this. State is having a down year, and Michigan State has been playing awful. They've been playing awful, okay? But at the same time, Michigan has had the right to earn pressure. The last seven, eight years, Michigan State has dominated. So Michigan has earned the pressure of having a projected blowout. This game is not supposed to be close. They're favored by double digits on the road. It's supposed to be a massacre, and Michigan has that pressure. And you could talk about motivation and all this stuff and locker room talk all you want. I talked about it two weeks ago on this show. You can build it up all you want. You can try as hard as you want. But when it comes down to two teams that are so far apart, talent, skill, and just flat-out ranking-wise, if you want to put it that way, there's no difference. They can try all they want. They can put up any picture in the locker room they want. There's no chance. Michigan's going to come out on top, but with that comes pressure. And they, it's not just going to have to be a three-point win. There's no rivalry game. It's going to have to be a blowout, and we've earned that right. I'm done. Thank you for another timely response. Now, moving on to Joe, the floor is yours. Well, Tony, I'm glad you asked that question because, you know, when it comes down no, to no, trash talking no, no. and things like that, I, I think both, uh, both, both times it was very passive aggressive. And, and I think there's a respect that both programs bring to the field. Uh, they don't necessarily want to throw out, you know, all the major trash talking, um, you know, maybe like some other schools would or some other leagues would. Um, so as you, you can tell, there's still a, a real, you know, respect for the other team, uh, in, in the sense that right now what we're seeing kind of like a teeter totter effect where the scales are, are getting a little even, um, uh, th- things are changing a little bit here with Michigan on the, on the rise again, but you know, MSU, um, if they had one game to throw all their chips into, if they had one win to win them all, if they had one last breath of life in them, it's going to be this game. And so regardless of what the media says, regardless of what the coaches say, regardless of what the players say, talk is cheap. See you Saturday. All right. Thank you for another timely response. 
we're doing way better than the presidents and keeping this timely and moving along. Yeah, well, we'll I'm trying my, I was trying my best not to interrupt my uh, opponents, rivals, and friends because uh, there's a couple things I wanted to interject in there, but I'm going to try not to interrupt because I'm not Trump. Okay, well, let's, and I don't let's have just, a billion dollars. Let's let's keep it. <laughs> let's keep the format. All right. So moving along, the next question will still be about the Michigan Michigan State game. Now, well, no shit. We know that <laughs> Michigan State, as we've stated, is having a down year. What do each of you see as the future for the Michigan State program for the rest of this year and moving forward in the next two to three years? For this one, we will lead off with Frank. I do want to interrupt. Tony has a great moderator voice for the debates, but Frank, you can go. Okay, we'll just keep that clock mindly. Thank you for the question, Tony. Um, look, I, I dog the Spartans in this show, and I kind of go bipolar various episode to episode, uh, depending on what kind of mood I'm in. But today I'm being fair. The Spartans have earned their, their respect, and Joe mentioned it. He's a little too neutral. I hope it carries further. But uh, the Spartans are a good team. D'Antonio's going to continue to do his thing. But on the other hand, there's always a however when it comes to the Spartans now, especially this season. Um with Urban Meyer at Ohio State and Harbaugh at Michigan, especially, it's going to become more difficult for D'Antonio. And if you want me to be quite honest, I'm telling the people right here, right now, his time has passed. He will continue to be amongst the hunt in the Big Ten, maybe go to some good bowl games. But as long as Harbaugh and Meyer are floating around the Big Ten, this is our battle to be had. And when I say our, I mean Michigan and Ohio State. Uh, the run is over. It's, it, it's been cute. And I'm not being funny. It's been good. It's been long. It's, it's beyond cute. Eight years is beyond cute. It's it's fair and it's respectful, but it's over. The time has passed. Welcome to 2000 in Michigan, Ohio State. Thank you, Frank. And now moving along, Joe, you have the floor. Well, once again, Tony, I'm I'm glad he asked me this question. It's uh <laughs> it's a good question here. I think. Uh, no, I, I think I think the future of this season for Michigan State is definitely shot, man. I, it's definitely shot. You know, you, you get to this point of the year halfway through, and you're on the you're on the far losing end of the scale. I'm experiencing it right now with Notre Dame. Uh, it, it's a shot season, and, and and you know you just got to come to terms with that, and hopefully recruit well, and and, and get get those underclassmen, uh, you know, you know, built up and ready for the next year. But um, with D'Antonio at the helm, man, and, and, and the, the, the recruits that I think they probably have coming in uh, and the system they have going, um, I think they're going to make some coaching changes. And, and right now, I, I just don't think you go from uh, playoff playoff team, you know, big-time bowl team to just, you know, jack shit. Um, so I don't think the, the future is as is, is dark maybe as, as Frank was saying. Um, I do think Michigan is now – just another key player. And I think what we're seeing now is just a conference that's going to be very, very competitive because you got to look at Wisconsin now. Wisconsin uh, had a pretty, is having a pretty good year, even though they have two losses. Those two losses were to very, very good football teams. So it's like, and they were very, very close games. So I think right now you're seeing four teams in the Big Ten start to become a, a, a big-time item. And I think that that, um, that glorified so-called SEC conference uh, is not as strong as, as people once thought it was. I think they got one team now, and that's Alabama. But I think there's going to be four very strong teams in the Big Ten, and no one can really look down south anymore. They're going to have to look north to see where a lot of the football powers are. I applaud that. 
Gerard, you have the floor. All right, I'm going to make this. I have to talk a little fast here because I had a bunch of things to say. I'd like to point out to Joe's uh, credit, there are four teams ranked in the top ten in the Big Ten right now, more than any uh, conference in the nation, SEC who. And one of them is not Michigan State. I mean, we have a fifth power in there, and maybe Iowa comes back. So we have six good teams out of 12 where the SEC might have one or two. But in far as the future. Oh, you're, you're talking about Nebraska? Yeah, Nebraska. They might get popped, okay. but they're ranked up there now. You're, you're right. Okay. You're right. You're right. Whoa, I did whoa. miss Nebraska. Whoa. Okay. So for the future of Michigan State, I don't see. It might be two years of turmoil for us in East Lansing, but we, like our country, has done multiple times, and like my people, we will fucking rebuild. All right? I'm not scared of any man, and neither is D'Antonio. Now, after D'Antonio, the, depending on coaching hire, the future might be very bleak, but as long as we have D'Antonio and Izzo, we will be a powerhouse in football and basketball eight out of ten years, okay? We can't do it every year because we just don't have the manpower. This year, we lack it, but we will be back. And if you're going to talk about Harborough and or uh, Urban Meyer taking over the Big Ten, that's just not true. They compete maybe two, three recruits a year they go at in-state. Harborough's a country recruiter. We're more Midwest. It's our pattern. We've already beat Urban Meyer more times than Michigan's beat Ohio State in the last decade. So we're not scared about those OSU boys from the South. And as far as it goes, this year's D'Antoni and Harborough will probably be one-on-one, and we'll see what the future holds. But I don't think it's as bleak as anybody. And, you know, if we lose hope, I think we've lost everything. And I will keep the hope alive. As long as there's breath in my lungs and the Green Party stands behind Antonio and stands behind the state of Michigan and Michigan State University. Thank you for that, Gerard. I hope the next question is something in regard to that because I do have something to say, but keep, keep it timely, Tony. Go ahead. Well, the next question will be moving our focus onto something said by a Michigan player this year where when asked if he thought that it, was, it made him feel good to see Michigan State lose, and he said yes. So we'll have Joe start with this one, which is, do you think that statement will be used for motivation for Michigan State? Um, so I don't think that could be used as motivation for Michigan State. I mean, it, sure, it kind of pisses you off, but if you ask me, if I'm Michigan, I want to see the other team win. I want this game to be a big-time game, and I want to win that big-time game because that's just, that's just one more stake. That's one more you know chip in the pot. That, that gets me closer to that, uh, that that playoff, you know, the top four. You, you gotta you gotta compete against the best to be one of the best, and you gotta beat the best to be the best. And if you're just if you, you know, so far in Michigan, they they got Wisconsin, and that's it. And unfortunately for Michigan, Michigan State is having an off year. If Michigan State was having a great year and they continue to to roll over teams like they rolled over Notre Dame, uh, and then Michigan went into East Lansing this weekend and beat them. Well, that that you know that really starts to put into question, like you know, absolutely no question that Alabama's one and Michigan's two. If you ask me, um, so I, I think him saying that he was just you know he's he's he sounded motivated, he sounded he sounded uh, hyped up. Uh, you know, the, hey, we don't like Michigan State. There's definitely a dirty rivalry here, and that's good. But at the same time, I think in reality, Michigan wants to see Michigan State win because they want to beat the the team and show that they are the best team in the state of Michigan. All right. Thank you for that. Next up will be Gerard. All right. Yeah. I don't think as a Michigan state alum, that doesn't even really, I wouldn't use that as motivation in my daily life. And I use all kinds of things. Those, uh, 
the, t- the team from Ann Arbor, as I'll be referring to them for the rest of the show, that they say, you know, they say we're weaker academically. They say that we'll never be them. And we, you know what? We don't want to be them. We want to be better than them. And we have been for a while. And this year in football, we aren't. Other sports, you know, basketball, we'll probably kill them. But we'll get to that later in the season. But as far as this one goes, I, I want to see Michigan lose every game. I enjoyed when they lost to Toledo, when they almost lost to the Z- Who's the Zips? Akron? Oh, wow. I remember that. I enjoyed that. I, I have an Appalachian T-shirt. You know, I, I enjoyed that. But it's just not happening to Harborough. And to his credit, he'll probably never got, get beat by a weaker opponent. That's one good thing about him as a coach. But as far as that statement, I think that will not be motivation. What might be motivation is last year when uh, Michigan needed Ohio State to beat us in order to uh, uh, have a shot at the playoff or a shot at the Big Ten title. All the Michigan fans who hate Ohio State allegedly became Ohio State fans for one day. And regardless of the circumstances, I will never flip-flop on this in my life. It could, Unless it is for my life, which I will protect at all costs, for any other thing, for my shoes, my wallet, my laptop... All this equipment for the RSF podcast, I will not root for Michigan unless it is for my life. And that's all I have to say on that topic. Tony, thank you. All right. And to close out this subject, we have Frank Krzyzewski. Thank you for that, Tony. And look, no one likes to see the little, little brother get beat up, okay? Tony, you can attest to this, okay? You have one sitting right in front of you, okay? You're on the couch, and your little brother steals the bag of Doritos. You there we th- go with the little brother now okay, puffing I, the chest I, out. Hey, whoa, do not whoa, 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 that was whoa, little brother three years whoa. ago. Please do not interrupt the candidates. Seriously. That was good commentary, and I'm going to continue with it. No one likes to see their little brother getting beat up, okay? If he steals a bag of Doritos and, and you put him in a headlock, that's okay. But when someone else does it, it puts a sore taste in your mouth. If you're asking my question, or if, to answer the question, no, it's not motivation as far as that guy's statement is concerned. However, um, I prefer it this way. I would prefer... State to be dead in the water like they are currently. And in the past comments, they mentioned state in the past and rebuilding in the future. We're here right now. So we're here doing this right now, doing our thing. Right now, Michigan State is dead in the water. And I can continue to say it, but that's the last time I will. And since they are, I prefer it this way. You know, you have them show up to fight hard and put pictures of people on the locker room wall and try their best when they're already dead in the water. And this is their big title game. While meanwhile, we're, uh, we're out chasing the big dogs. We're, uh, we're the males out in the jungle hunting and Michigan state's coming to try to take our meat, but now nah, we're, we're going to be eating good all season long. And that's how I feel. And I wish I wouldn't have been interrupted because that commentary would have been a lot better, but a good sound bite for the future. But Please don't do that again. You say please don't brother do that will again. never please be don't a soundbite do on this show. Please don't do Gerard, that again. Gerard, please stop interrupting, Frank. Please don't do that again. I'm, I'm being very fair today, and I think the audience knows that from past shows. I still have a little bit of time. No one likes to see their little brother get beat up. You want to be the one to do it, so we will on Saturday. All right. So moving on. I'd just like to point out that we've, we've already chased could- titles. And we're the reigning Big Tony, Ten champions. If you can't control himself, I, I, I'm trying, man. I'm doing. I'm the one that was supposed to be under under duress here, losing control. Control him. So moving on to the next question, similar to the one about Michigan State earlier, what do you see as the future for this season and the next two to three years for the University of Michigan Wolverines? Gerard, you have the floor. I've, I've actually been thinking about this a lot lately, and so has my party, because you know, we're going to be facing them. And the fact of the matter is, they're here to stay. You know, they're a good program. They're uh, on the verge of being a great program. They're a senior-laden team, so next year is probably going to be a little down for them. 
And then after that, we should have a full Jimmy H. Harp, uh, recruiting class. And I want to see what his medal's made of because these are Brady Hoax players he's playing with right now. And he's doing a phenomenal job of directing the orchestra. But in his, at all fairness, he wasn't given a bare cupboard. And he's doing really great. Jabril Peppers is the man. Jordan Lewis can play. Wormley, Taco, Charlton, which is a great name. I wish State would have him. He'd be my favorite player in the entire universe. Uh, but we're going to see next year is going to be a down year, but they're here to stay. They're going to compete for Big Ten titles probably for the next five to ten years as long as uh, Harborough doesn't make the jump back to the pros. But I think the real challenge for them is going to be getting over the Ohio State bubble, and I think that's the real challenge for the entire Big Ten as Ohio State is, if they would have been given not banned from postseason play, they'd probably have the most Big Ten titles since the Big Ten championship has been in existence personally. And I think that's a challenge for, for us in the Green Party too, is Ohio State is the gold standard of the Big Ten. And I think that replacing them is not going to be an easy task unless they get caught cheating like Florida did. And I see them as a contender, but as far as the gold standard, I think that's always going to be Ohio State in this here conference we have called the Big Ten, even though you got 12 teams. Frank, your response? Okay, guys. Despite all the haters and of Jim Harbaugh, and there's a bunch of them. I promise you that there's a bunch of them. One of them's to my right, despite his politically correct answer that you just disposed to well, him. Well, no shit! Okay, so Harbaugh is here to stay, okay? There's a reason why he signed the Michigan contract. He's here to stay. And he's been a winner everywhere, uh, whether it had been his uh, success at Stanford. He's been to multiple NFC championships. He's been to a Super Bowl. In fact, the only Super Bowl he lost was head-to-head with his genetic pool, his brother. Okay, in the in the uh, in the Super Bowl, so Harbaugh's here to stay. He's gonna conti- he's gonna continue to uh, to have success, despite he mentioned senior leadership. Yeah, of course, that's how that's how things work. You go from a freshman to a sophomore to a junior to a senior. That's how that's how the order of operations goes. Joe, I'm sure you could chime in about that. But yeah, we're gonna keep coming, keep coming. But again. Um, the opponents of the debate like to speak towards the future and the past. I'm talking about the here and now. Right here, right now, Harbaugh, Meyer, it's, it, all roads lead to November. We're not looking past Michigan State. We're looking through them. Uh, we'll be there in November for the, for the chance to play for the national title in the top four. And we're here right now. And as far as State's concerned, like I said before in the earlier question, uh, they will take a down. They've already taken a, a blast. They're, they're already down. I don't think they'll go farther because it can't get much worse than this. I think they'll improve, definitely, and that Big Ten will improve, definitely. But as far as the top tier of the top tier conference, Michigan, Michigan, Ohio, or Michigan and Ohio State will be there. And then a couple other teams you guys referenced, Michigan State included. But future now, hands. I see your hand there. And uh, as far as the here and now, it's what I said, dead in the water, future. Past, present, doesn't matter. We're here right now. Winning. All right. Moving on to Joseph. Yeah, so I I think it's pretty obvious the future for Michigan is is pretty good. The recruiting classes coming in, uh, plain and simple, are are bigger and better than when Brady Hoke had. Uh, Harbaugh is a much better coach than Brady Hoke was. And I think the system is a much better system than what Brady Hoke instilled. And so, I I mean, just, you know, overall, I mean, you saw what he did at Stanford and you saw what he did in the pros. And uh, I, don't, I don't see anything uh, changing because if there's one thing he, he does have is it's, is it's uh, consistency. So really uh, it comes down to uh, like kind of like how um, one of my opponents here, Jerry, mentioned is how long is Harbaugh going to stay before he, he flies back off to the pros? Um, I, I don't know how long his contract is. I, I never you know read into the paperwork or anything. Uh, 
But, I mean, I do know the guy's moved around a lot. He's never really been anywhere for more than five years. And so that's that's the real question uh, for Michigan is how long how long the head honcho stays in town because um, he's a wanted commodity everywhere and he, he's going to go where he where he where he wants to be wanted. Um, you know they didn't want him in San Fran anymore, so he's like you know what screw it I'm going to Michigan. So um, you know that, that that's really all that all if he stays uh, Michigan's got a great future and, and Frank you're right in the now they they look great right now they they probably have the best defense in the nation. And I think uh, I think if they stay the course, there's no reason why they shouldn't be in the top four. And if they ended up playing Clemson, they they probably destroy Clemson, um, and then and then it would be the big showdown. So and if, if they if they stay out if they stay the course, man, they look good. Uh, the big thing here is consistency. Thank you. All right. So moving on now, when we have a rivalry game, one of the cliches is always that you can throw the records out. And what has happened so far this season, and the game will probably be a lot closer than people expect. Well, this year, the spread is 24 and a half points in favor of Michigan. On the road, correct, Tony? Just, just to correct, on the road, right? Yep. Yes, Michigan is on the road. I'm not trying to interrupt the moderator, but it opened at 21 points. So it's been bet up to 24 for those who are counting out there. Correct. For our gamblers out there. And if you don't know what the spread is, a little quick tip, and it means how many points that Michigan has to win by to count it as a win in Vegas. So they win by 24 and a half. It means they win by 25 if you want to win betting on Michigan. You can also bet the game straight up, and that's where you get some odds where you pay it on your money or pay out less than your money you bet. Yes, currently the money line is plus 1,289 for the Spartans. Meaning the Spartans? Yes, meaning if you bet $100 on the Spartans to win, you will get $1,289 plus your $100 back. I wish I knew somebody lived in Vegas. Of course, for Michigan, it's minus $2,194. So that means you got to bet almost $2,200 to win $100 there. So clearly, Michigan is a huge favorite in this game. So this question is, do you think this game will be closer than the spread? Or do you think the spread is fair? And also, please give any other thoughts on this game that you have before we close out this segment and move on to pro football. Frank, you get to start this segment off. Well, thank you for that, Tony. Look, man, I I truly, despite what I said before, I believe in in rivalry games. I believe in I believe in that. I believe there's something to be played for. They're gonna bust. Michigan State's gonna bust their ass. They're gonna try, and they're gonna try hard. But as Joe referenced before, uh, Michigan has quite possibly the best defense and also quite possibly the best special teams in the uh, in the United States, in the nation. And, uh, and that's just a fact. I mean, it, they've proven it to be so. So with that being said, um, I expect Michigan to, I mean, of course, it's on ESPN. It's going to be a nationally televised game. I expect them to carry the ratings, but I also expect Michigan to cover the spread. I expect them to win handily. And the only way it would happen was if, uh, despite some disaster, a couple quick, uh, something bad happening in the beginning of the game to make it close, I expect Michigan to come out. Um, and even with the, even if Harbaugh decides to be respectful and put in some of the second-string guys who arguably could uh, start for Michigan State at any position, um, I expect them to uh, come out and just put on a dominant performance, cover the spread, carry the ratings, and we just move right on. It's going to be a hyped game. It's a rivalry game. It's going to start off intense. It's going to start off intense. Of course they're going to come out hot. Michigan State will come out hot. 
They're going to try. You might see a couple punts, maybe. But, again, it goes back to special teams, best in the nation, I'd argue. Uh, we have the best special teams, the best defense in the nation. Only question you could ever issue towards this quarterback, and he's still warming to the task day by day, week by week. Michigan will cover the spread, and uh, it's going to be a bloodbath. I'm sorry. I, I, it, it, that's what it's going to be. That's all I have to say. Joe, you have the floor. Um, I, I want to apologize, Tony. My vice presidential candidate has just arrived in the building and had some national critical national news. So could you please repeat the question? The spread for this game is 24.5 points in favor of Michigan. They are clearly a heavy favorite in this game, but the cliche is always that you can throw out the records in rivalry games and it'll be a lot closer than you expect. So do you expect Michigan to cover the spread or the game to be close to the spread? Or do you expect it to be closer? And any other thoughts you have on what will happen in this game on Saturday? Tony, I'm glad you asked me that. Uh, I'm going to say this. It's a rivalry game, one of the biggest in college football. They're in East Lansing. And I said it before, if Michigan State had one last dying breath, one final play, one final idea, one final push of the button to self-destruct and kill everybody within 500 meters, they're going to do it in this game. And I do not think U of M is going to cover the spread. Very well put. Gerard, moving on to you. I like this question a lot, and I hate cliches, okay? But this is one cliche that does ring true. I think that anytime Michigan and Michigan State play, you can throw out the records, you know? And I do not think that the states or Michigan's backups would play on state. I think there are some positions we are weak at, but Malik McDowell's the best prospect in the Big Ten as far as I've seen big board-wise, and he plays for the Michigan State Spartans, and he would start on Michigan. And I do not think Michigan has the best defense. I don't think they've played an offense that's worth a nickel yet. So we'll see when they come and play. I think Bama has the best defense by McDowell going to return punts? You interrupted me once. I had to say that. Is he going to return punts? They might want to put him out there because I have some white freshman out there returning punts. That's all punts. I'll say. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that Michigan State is going to cover the spread. I think, like Joey said, this is their one dying opportunity. You know what? This reminds me of a story of 300 men who marched into the hot gates oh to defeat the Persians. And if it wasn't for Aphiates, they would have won. If we're going to get Gerard Butler to come in, we're going to get hyped up. And, you know, Ray Lewis had a quote that one of the Spartans retweeted. That's how I saw it. And it said, hey, we're struggling right now. But if the fans lose hope, there's no point in us going to play football. We love football, and we need hope. And that's what we have of Michigan State. It's an eternal spring of hope up there. We don't get down. We don't forget about our team. We don't say, I only care about the Lions when Michigan's having a bad year. All right? In Michigan State, we truly do stand behind our team, win, lose, or draw. And no matter what happens Saturday at 3.30 3.30 when the game's over, whether it's a bloodbath like Frank says, or whether or not it's a close game like Joe says, I'm still going to be a Spartan no matter what, and my party will stand behind me. Well, some of them are going to leave because they're bandwagon fans, but we didn't need them anyways, and I think they're going to cover the spread, and I think State's going to win by a field goal, and a leg of Geiger, and it's going to shock the world the way Penn State shocked the world last weekend. Thank you, Tony, and thank everybody from the Green and White Party, the Bleed Green Party, Aaron Rodgers Fan Club number 12, And thanks for royalty-free music. <laughs> All right, so now moving on to the NFL. But real quick, 
let's hope if they uh, line up for a field goal to win the game, uh, they don't get a little crazy and try and pull a fake like they did at the end of the second half against Maryland last week. How'd that one turn out? <laughs> Not well. Are we doing score predictions? No. Will the will they cover the spread or not was kind of the score prediction for that game. Oh, because I got a score prediction. <laughs> we like to hear from the gold standard party over at the green party. Well, go ahead. If you just said it, 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 go ahead. The gold standard party as a whole, because we believe in the people's decision, uh, had discussed and we believe the score will be Michigan State 17, University of Michigan 14. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well. At the Green Party, we, we thank you for your support, the, Joe. Hey, you'll, the, you'll make a great vice presidential candidate when I'm on my election. Did that thank candidate you. that came in, Joe, that you, you referenced to that when you had to repeat the question have crack on them? Or what, what was that? Are you smoking something that we didn't know about? Or? Um, uh, that was, please that was refrain from. All right. Sorry. Show. I didn't mean to use. Prof- this is still a family event. Christine I didn't mean to use Guerra. profanity. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if she had cocaine or any kind of drug on her. Any kind of Once again, I'm just going to go into the hey. shed and put a bullet in my brain like what you're saying. I'm not going to be. It. And the funny I'm thing is I'm going to be. I'm not doing it yet. I'm going to be with you on Saturday, Joe. So I'm going to I'm going to hold for the fans. A side note. I'm going to uh, Washington tomorrow. Oh, 700. I'm shipping out. So I'll be with you for that game. I'm going to hold you that 17. You, did you say 17, 14 state? Is that what you just said on the air? Yes, he did. I did. I okay, did. well, okay. I will be that with you, and we might have to do a, a live update or go live on the internet somehow when, when that does not happen, and people for my party will not happen. Frank, you can rub it in my face all you want. I'll be there. I mean, as long better as better alive. Neither, neither as long, team's really mine, so I mean, I'm not going to care that much. But you can go ahead and rub it in my face all you want. If, if, you know. I'm going to break format again for a second since we're in between uh, pro and college, and I just wanted to point out that state. Was competitive. They're only down, I think, ten to six at halftime with Wisconsin. It's the second half where they get blown out. So don't be surprised if it's close in the first half. They normally stay in. A, I think they've outscored okay. like a hundred. We had a good show going on. We, I think they've outscored one hundred and fifty nine. I just had to throw in some show points for the fans out there that maybe aren't liking the debate topic. But you're I'm just, totally going off topic. I'm just saying, state's mostly been outscored in the second half. And if we're not going to end the segment down, with you just backing up state. This is how we we got in a hot water I'm just last week. Sta- stats. That's how we got into hot water last week. Just stop. All right. Can't let it go. Now, moving on to pro football. These questions will be discussing the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions. Now, the first question that we have is one where Matt Stafford has been playing extremely well this year. And you could say he's actually been playing extremely well while Jim Bob Cooter has been the offensive coordinator. Aaron Rodgers hasn't looked like himself. And the last year, beginning of this year. So my question is, here and now, if you had to take one of these quarterbacks to lead your team down the field, down three points in the fourth quarter, who do you pick? Aaron Rodgers or Matt Stafford? Joe, you will start off this topic. Who? You. You, Joe. Oh, sorry. You, you cut off for a second. I couldn't. I'm all the way out in Seattle. I'm sorry. Holy cup. Guys, well, uh, away from Washington. <laughs> all right. So, so it's in the fourth quarter, and I got to have one of these quarterbacks. Man, I, fourth I'm quarter, Rogers. two minutes, down by three. I'm taking Rodgers. You serious? And why? 
Same reason I take Brady. He's won. He's a winner. All right. Fair enough. All right. Moving on to Gerard. That was timely, and uh, I would guess that most Stafford supporters would say, well, look how many times he's done it. Well, the fact is that Rodgers rarely, if the game's over, it's over. That's true. But in Hail Mary situations in the last season, Rodgers was 3 for 3, hit every single one he had to hit, and got him down there. He actually did it against the Detroit Lions. And Stafford constantly finds himself down in two minutes. Rodgers doesn't, so we have less of a book of work to see here. And I'm going to take Rodgers because he's more accurate with, on the deep ball, specifically for that reason. Stafford has a can. If you're saying I need somebody to throw from the 30 to the end zone, I would take Stafford in that situation because he can probably throw it 70 yards. But if you're on your 40 or closer, I'm taking Rodgers because he's more accurate on the deep ball and he's more poised in the pocket. He has more mobility. He's won Super Bowls. He's won playoff games, um, MVPs, at laundry list of things. He almost beat USC when they were ranked number one in college with a – Wow. Um, underperforming Cal team that he took to a 10-1, 11-1 record, took him to the bowl game. I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers through and through. All right, Frank, the floor is yours. Okay, so if any of our fans out there, uh, out there have read the book The Art of War, which any genius should, uh, you should read that book. And you have to, you have to go preface by saying and pointing out the, the opponent's points. Yeah. Rodgers, everything, Jerry, his laundry list of things that Jerry just pointed out are true. He did. Thank and you. they also beat the Lions this year, which is also true. But the facts are the facts the same as they were with the Michigan debate. Here and now. Stafford is younger. And since that loss against the Packers, which only ended up in a touchdown game despite a first-half thing, and Rodgers did make a play there towards the end of the, court, uh, the fourth quarter, which we're referencing to right now. But the point that I'm making is Stafford, right here, right now, is a qualification candidate for MVP of the National Football League. Aaron Rodgers is not. Okay, the Lions are on a winning streak right now. Stafford's the hotter hotter quarterback right here, right now. He's coming into his prime. He's always been a young guy. You want to reference college? He started as a freshman at Georgia. He has some success there. Played all four years. Stafford is a killer, and he's coming into his own. And at 28... Coming into on a contract year, on a contract year, which most guys would crumble under the pressure at, he is prospering in. Matt Stafford is in his athletic prime, especially at the age of 28. When it comes to quarterback, we don't have to be a running back where most guys die out. At the quarterback position, at his age, he's coming to his athletic prime at a position with experience where experience matters. Matt Stafford is coming to his own, and right here, right now, he's the hotter QB, and if you're putting me up two minutes in the fourth quarter, I'm taking Stafford to answer the question, and to final up on it, just to put a future reference, everyone loves that with the future and the past, I'm more focused on the present people out there of the party, the present, here and now, that's my focus, but the future, at the end of the day, Stafford, hot here right now, hot here in the future, better record, watch what the Lions do, watch what Stafford does possible MVP, if not top three. Well, if we're going to talk in the present, I just want to say this. It was only last Thursday. Rodgers threw for 39 completions, and his team also has a better record right now. I, I just made the point, both of those points, but thank you for that, Joe. All right, moving along now. The next topic is the fact that the Lions, uh, after a little bit of a rough start this season, have come on strong. 
So how do you see them finishing this season? Zin. Yeah. Yeah. You're good. Sorry, got a little... Moderating is a tough job. Yeah. Take your time. Lost my train of thought. I said, so how do you see them finishing this season? And will they be in the playoffs? Gerard, you can start this topic. All right, I'm glad because I can answer this question in about 30 seconds. So I got a minute and 30 to rebuke some of the points like Frank said with his Art of War and what you have to talk about here. Uh, it's funny that... Well, you mentioned... haven't read it, so you're it's, not a genius. It's funny Frank, that... Frank, um, please do not interrupt. It's funny that Frank brings up that MVP candidate because... Uh, through Stafford's played one more game and has two more touchdowns, the same number of picks, and 418 more yards than Rodgers, which is about a really good game for Rodgers. If you play the Colts, he'll probably catch right up there. So if you're going to talk about stats-wise, uh, Stafford goes 262 for one, and then in our city of Detroit and only in Detroit, they mention him in the MVP race. Rodgers goes out and has 262 and one. They say the sky's falling in Green Bay. I'd just like to point out the difference in the caliber between an excellent quarterback and a quarterback on the rise. But to answer the question, the Lions aren't in the uh, playoffs right now. They're, what's crazy is I think it's a total of 19 points from being 7-0 and and uh, like 14 points from being 0-7. So it's a really crazy season. I see them finishing at 500, missing the playoffs, and it's a tough NFC if you figure that uh, Atlanta's going to stay hot like they are. If the Eagles keep it together or the Redskins stay good with the Cowboys, you run out of uh, you just run out of spots because you got to figure the Vikings and Packers pretty much, they already got spots. So you're fighting for one wild card spot and to have three teams make it from one division is nearly impossible. I see barring a Minnesota Vikings collapse, the Lions do not make the playoffs. And right. I also believe that a Minnesota Vikings collapse is possible. Frank, the floor is yours. Thank you so much. Okay. Okay, and I understand what Gerard is doing. In politics, it's the very safe, fair thing to do to take the middle. And that's what he just did. Oh, what are the Lions going to go 500? What a safe and easy thing to say. That's the easiest route you can possibly take in politics to try to gain votes or to gain victory. You take the middle. Okay, yeah, they're going to go 500. Look, maybe that's what you truly believe. Maybe it is. But this is what I feel. The Lions are hot right now. Okay, they're on a winning streak. And yeah, you mentioned the point differentials. That's fine. Uh, it's a close league. Most games are decided by uh, uh, three to seven points. If it's a you know, the the league has taken heat for the lack of parity this year, it's, it's a down league. But as far as the Lions' future schedule goes, you look at a Houston team who didn't look very good at national TV, a quarterback who looked awful. Uh, you got got teams like Jacksonville and New Orleans coming up that are not looking great at all. Um, like you said, they should have they should be better than what they are. They could have been worse than what they are. They're here where they are. I'm making a stance. The Vikings are going to fall. I, I just no, there's no Vikings fans that listen to the show. If, there, if you do, then just 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 press the pause button or click out. If you do, just leave. If you do, just leave. But there's no Vikings. The Vikings will fall. The Vikings will fall, and it's going to come down to the Lions versus the Packers, and they both might very well make it in. But the Lions and Packers. Possibly will the Lions definitely will, and they're gonna uh, they're gonna be in the playoffs, and they will win eleven games, and that's all I have to say about that. All right, Joe, you're up. So, uh, so for the Lions, I, I think uh, here, here's what I think. I, I I know I promised Frank on an earlier show that you know if 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 they did certain things. That would be a pretty good uh, a pretty good season for them. Um, I'm actually adding some numbers up right now, so please excuse me. Um, one second here. 
Oh, go ahead. Take your time, Joe. We, our time is yours. Please. Hey, I'm, count, I'm counting here. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. All right. So my prediction for the Lions, I think for the, by by the time we we get to the uh, the postseason time period, uh, Lions will be a nine and seven team. But uh, I think they will fall short of the uh, the wild card race there. Uh, you know, it, it's a good year to be a 9-17 and 17 in the NFC. I don't think the NFC is overall very impressive. I don't see Minnesota collapsing. I think they had a bad game against the Philadelphia Eagles. And, and that could be one of those, you know, relief games where it's like, okay, we got that loss out of the way. It's, it's a long season in the pro league. Um, now we can move forward and, and know that, hey, shit's going to happen. But if we keep if we keep playing the way we were playing early on, um, we're, we're going to beat some teams. We're still going to beat some teams. We, we have a formula to win with a very overwhelming defense and, and a good enough offense. Um, Did you say we? Sorry, I didn't no. Mean I mean that, that that's hypothetically that like that's what Minnesota would say. Sorry, I not not. Mean, I didn't mean to interrupt. Really, like, I apologize for that, Joe. Sorry. Give him an extra ten God. seconds. Give him an extra ten seconds. <laughs> No, but I, I think I think the Lions are gonna have a winning year. I just I just think they're gonna fall just short. But I think I think the those those two losses, man, uh, at the beginning at the beginning of the season to to Chicago and uh, and Tennessee are gonna be the real backbreakers. That you gotta win the games you're supposed to win. Um, and, and then you know if if Green Bay if Green Bay uh, it continues to be up and down, who knows? It, it, the the dice could go Detroit's way. But right now, I think Detroit nine and seven. I think Green Bay is gonna have ten plus wins. So I think they're going to edge him out. All right. Thank you. Now, similar question, but with the Packers, how do you see them finishing this year? And will they be in the playoffs? And if they make the playoffs, where will they be going? Joe, you can lead off. Uh, so kind of, I guess I'll just continue right where I left off, uh, but switch over to Green Bay. I think Green Bay goes 10 and six on the year, uh, maybe 11 and five. They get the wild card, and who knows who they play on the wild card. Uh, probably won't be another, a very good team that they play, so they'll probably make it past that round. But then after that, I think they uh, they, they end up getting stuffed, uh, you know, short of the Super Bowl. All right, very succinct response. Gerard, you have the floor. Yeah, um, I can answer this one about 30 seconds too, so I'd like to make a couple more points for my party. And I think the easiest thing in politics to do is promise everything, as Frank has done. Promise the playoffs. Promise the quarterback in Stafford. Promise lower taxes. Promise everybody gets a blowjob at the end of the day. And that, you know, that's just not it. What's hard and what's the problem with our political system is nobody does take the middle ground. You know, nobody can see both sides. And I can see everything here. I do see Rodgers having some troubles. I do see the receivers not getting open. But I also see is the heart of a champion. And that's why we respect him so much. And the heart of a winner. And the fact is that their schedule isn't very hard. They do have to go to Atlanta. They might drop that one. But as far as the future goes down the line, they still get to play the Colts, they get to play the Titans, and they get to play the Texans. And I believe the Texans game is also at home. I see the 11-5, and five, and then if the Vikings don't collapse, they won't get a home playoff game. But if the Vikings have some kind of uh, little drop down, because the fact of the matter is you start 5-0, and oh, I think you have a 90% chance to make the playoffs or something ridiculous. Very few teams have started 5-0 and oh and not made the playoffs. So from here on out, it's pretty much wild card or bust for us in Green Bay. And if we can get past the Vikings that one game, they drop a couple more. We'll be able to give us a home playoff game. I see us winning that one. I do not see us going on the road and beating the Seahawks if they're ranked above us. But if we end up playing the Falcons, we all know that's uh, down in Atlanta. That's Aaron Rodgers' home south after what he did in the other playoffs. 
I see us at least making it to the NFC Championship, most likely, but probably that's where the road ends for us this season. All right, Frank, you have the floor. Okay, I appreciate all that was just said and the question. Um, look, you, you can say all you want uh, about about promises and, and, and over-promising, but this is a campaign, okay? And we're, and we're doing our thing here, and it's been proven over the last few games. Matt Stafford is here, and he's here to stay. And he's been surrounded by some weapons that um, are surprising us with Marvin Jones. Golden Tate continued on his back. Uh, we're getting Ebron back. He's a killer. Uh, I know he got his doubts before. He's a killer. Uh, they're coming. The defense is going to build itself. It's going to be back. And I'm here right now to say that the Lions will represent, when it's all said and done, the NFC North. Minnesota's going to fall. I just went on a diatribe about Minnesota. They're going to fall. Okay, Bridge. Uh, I almost said Bridgewater because he's already dead in the water. But uh, the quarterback, someone give me his name real quick. And Bradford, Sam Bradford. So yeah, Glassford, not the real Glassford, is going to go down. Okay, they're going to collapse. The Lions will prevail with the weapons they have, with the quarterback MVP candidate they have. Packers will be the wild card. And I'm not going to be the one to issue who's going to play who in the first round. I'm not even prepared to say those kind of things. The Lions and the Packers will be in the playoffs representing the NFC North. Lions will be uh, having the home field game. Okay? And the Packers might win theirs. We'll win ours. And all roads lead. I mean, the AFC, I think, is pretty soft. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Uh, everyone talks about the Patriots like they always do. And uh, and some other teams, of course, you know, the AFC always has a lot of media hype. But, hey, we'll see you there. I'm not going to – once the Lions are in the playoffs, anything can happen. If Stafford stays the way he is, no one can stop us. And these three to seven-point differentials will start to into 13 and 17-point di- differentials if we can keep up and keep healthy. And once this linebacking core – and I'm going to throw a shout-out to my man, Bynes, my man from Auburn, when he comes back replacing the uh, – the gentleman who just went to the Patriots, Van Noy, our linebacking core, those tight ends won't be coming across the middle anymore. I promise you that. Those tight ends will not be a factor anymore. I promise, people out there. The li- I see the hand. I see the hand. The Lions will represent the North. The Vikings will fall. The Packers will fall just a little bit behind, but they'll be in the playoffs, and the Lions will take it. I'd like to point out we can't really take any of his promises uh, full-heartedly since he also promised he stopped using the term dead in the water and we've heard it six to seven times since. <laughs> well, don't, be, don't feel bad because your team is, but sorry about that. I apologize. All right, and that will wrap up this debate for tonight. I'd like to thank everybody for attending. Thanks, guys. Green party! Out three! One, two, three! Green party! Dead in the water. The gold standard. <laughs> the Honolulu blue. Even our toilet seats are made of gold. Feels good when we crop. Oh my god! All right, so Frank, Frank I will. Frank, I do want to say something real quick to you, man. I, I got to give Detroit credit. I said it a while back. They had to win those three games and get on the right side of 500, and they've definitely done it, man. They they took care of home field. They got a weak Houston team. They got a weak Jacksonville team. So. I, I, dude, I think it's gonna be fun to watch. Like, I what, really do. I think, what, I think the Detroit's gonna be fun to watch. Their defense is slowly getting healthy. Uh, Marvin Jones is fucking playing out of his mind. Oh, we know. Detroit's gonna be fun to watch, man. I, I, I just can't. I just can't. Just being 
just ha- having the pat like the the experience with the Lions, man. I, I just I, I can't count on it. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to get past that, but you'll learn. But I'll I'll be with you. Like <laughs> you'll learn. I'll, I'll man, be I'm with you. Up a long time I, well, you'll be back. You'll come back. I'll be with you uh, on Sunday to be watching the game. What a what a what a privilege. What a what a blessing it is to to be fortunate enough. As far as we've all gone, the, look the base of this show is the four of us coming together throughout life. You know, we have different teams that we root for and different teams we support, different colleges that we attended. But the whole point of this podcast and uh, in general was to, to communicate and to, to bond and all that good stuff. And to be with you on Sunday to, or Saturday, in fact, to watch the Michigan-Michigan State game and Sunday to watch the Lions go to pound town on the, on the Texans is going to be an extraordinary honor. I can't wait for it. And I, I can't wait to talk about the Red Wings also in the next segment. Before we move on, I know the debate's over, so we're going to bring this other things points we have up. That was up. a heartfelt speech I just gave you. I wanted to give him, at least give, get a verbal or a over-the-mic fist bump back, but thank uh, you. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, Frank, I can't wait, dude. Bring your gear. It's going to be an awesome weekend. The gear's we're about gonna, to be packed, baby. We're going we're gonna to watch sports. We're going to climb rocks, and we're going to lift weights. And uh, fucking wait. It's gonna be it's gonna be hardcore. It is exciting out there. I'm actually really jealous of your trip, but I just in general as a sports debate topic, and I'm not saying this because Kirk Cousins went to state. In the game, Kirk Cousins outplayed Stafford. He had more yards, a better completions percentage, and accounted for more touchdowns. He did have one fumble, but it just as a sports reporter it has to I just don't get what the media. Like you throw for two sixty two and a touchdown and you're this great quarterback. You throw for three hundred and account for two, including a nineteen yard scamper to the end zone. You have the exact same record at Stafford, and nobody's talking about Cousins. I just, I just don't get it, and it will always well, have to me how the national. I'm not, I'm not necessarily looking for a reply. I'm looking for no, more of just to, like a, I'll put commentary because if you're gonna just throw this in, I have. To I'm just respond. saying, so as, finish what you have to as say sports professionals, it has to upset you a little bit. And this is for everyone. This isn't. I wasn't directing it at Frank or anyone else. I'm directing it morally at the national media for not really telling all the facts. Okay, it was the a, same way they do in politics. Okay, but it was a great debate, and it was a, uh, a this really isn't great always thing. This it was debate. a really ridiculous... This is a segue to the wings. It was a ridiculous thing to throw into the commentary, but now that we're on the air and you did it, and I have to say something about it, it's not always the numbers and how you do things. It's how you do things. It's not the number. It's how you do it. And to even compare what you just said to what the Lions have done over the last three games against adversity when... They thought it was no longer possible. It's ridiculous. You had your first shot. I had my second yeah, shot. That's it's not you even can't, the same thing. You can't. You can't just come out Cousins and throw things in that are They the were mix. zero and two, and they won four straight to get the four and two. It's literally the ex- almost the exact same thing Stafford's done, and nobody's talking about the Redskins. Well, there's probably a reason for that. And they had to play at Baltimore, which is a way tougher place to play than. There's any a place reason the Lions for that, and you can't help yourself, Gerard. We're moving to the Red Wings. You can't help it. You can't I, help but just you got to throw a Spartan in there at the end. Like okay. what the hell is that? I, Derek Carr's five and two with the Raiders. Not a Spartan at all. You don't hear shit about him. They say Derek Carr's in a bad year. He's five and two. He has a way better record. He's in the NFC AFC West, which right. is one of the hardest divisions. All right, guys. All right, so we wrapped up the debate. Tom Brady has a quarterback rating of one thirty three right guys, now. I, I, Tony, can you take control of this, please? Well, I'm not the moderator anymore because we wrapped up the debate. Well, all, right. well, well, let's say, take, all I'm saying is you can't anyways, everything you hear out there. Look, Gerard, we'll take, we're going to take a 30-second short timeout. That was a long debate. Tony, I want to applaud you, literally applaud yeah, you for job, being Tony. a good job as a moderator. That was a, good, that was a good time. I like the format. We'll have to utilize that again, take a 30-second break, 
uh, get the minds together, then we'll talk some hockey, and uh, I got I got some packing to do, because I'm going to see JoJo. Well, no oh. shit! No shit! But it's deep. You think so? But I'm not just going to go into the shed and put a bullet in my brain, like what you're saying. I'm not going to do it. So I'm not doing it yet. I'm not doing it yet. All right, what a debate, what a topic, what a what a show so far. But it's not over. Um, we cannot leave out the Red Wings. And I'll speak for myself solely first by saying that I've never, despite the hardcore diehard fan that I am of the Red Wings, I've never been big on the top, you know, the first 10 to 20 games. But um, as far as this show is concerned, all bullshit aside, that just doesn't fly with Joe being a part of the team. So... The Red Wings Hell are here. No. Hell no. The Red Wings are here. They started, and uh, a lot of has uh, been going on early. And um, Joe is our resident Detroit Red Wings expert, also hockey expert. So I'm going to kick it over to him. We're going to talk Red Wings, and we're going to wrap up a tremendous show, and we're going to have some fun while we do it. Do it up, baby. All right, so uh, – so- you know, rough start to the season, 0-2 going down, a little bit of a rough Florida trip there. But uh, since then, the Wings have rattled off a, a five-game tear, and they head into St. Louis tomorrow night. And uh, the biggest thing for me is uh, I, I think we can agree on this. The big thing that's really stuck out for for the team first overall is the goaltending. The goaltending has been superb. Howard has been uh, ne- next to flawless. The only goal he's let in this season was a deflection that I don't think anybody could have stopped. And... Uh, and so Howard looks great, and then Mrazic has looked pretty good too. You know, he's just he's he's had a few more starts, so he's let a couple in, and he's left hung out to dry in Florida, so that that didn't work too well. I think the goaltending right now has been absolutely vital to the Red Wings, and and, and now that the the defense has woken up a little bit, uh, still not don't think they're the greatest, but they they've been playing better. I think that's helped out, and the offense as well has picked up the slack. Um, so I'm honestly, guys. You know, when it when it comes to five straight wins, they haven't done it in a few years, and it, I mean that, that's a good sign. We have a long season to go, but I mean it's a good sign, though. You know, it's good to see the young guys coming out there against adversity, like you referenced to with the first two games, and and just playing well. And there seems to be, from what I've watched at least, there seems to be a good amount of chemistry that's continued on from what we've hoped to see in the past few seasons and in, in camp uh, until now, and where we are right right at this uh, current moment. It's good to see that, and I'm glad you're excited about it. But like I said in the beginning, um, for me personally, I take things in hindsight, especially when it comes to hockey and and sports like basketball and and especially baseball. We do a Tigers segment in two minutes, but this is a Red Wings-based show. We almost started it based on hockey solely. So we have to do that, but it's good to see the guys out there. It's good to see, yeah, we spend enough money on goaltenders. You mentioned goaltenders. We spend enough money on them. So it's good to see, uh, you know, Howard doing his thing and Mrazic. Yeah, of course, you know, you're, sometimes with these uh, skilled players, um, you know, there's just not much of a chance when it comes to the offensive weapons and power. But um, it's good to see him doing good. Well, it's a long 82 games, but uh, I have hope. And we referenced earlier on uh, episodes, earlier episodes, that um, you know that the national media and you know the hockey nistas, if there are any left on this godforsaken continent, um, it, it set us up to fail. 
and I don't think that's the case so far, and I'm, I'm going to stand by that, and I think we can all agree on that so far. So I, I'm glad to see the Red Wings doing okay, and, and Tony's got some things to say, but it's just it's a long season is the hashtag I'm throwing out. Yeah, I mean, I'll say last week I was like, you know, the first game they got out against Tampa Bay, and then they just kind of shut down on it, watched Tampa Bay come back and beat them. They seem to not even be into it against the Panthers. But then, you know, they got the nice home win. And I said, oh, I, I think they're just going to be a mediocre team. It's going to be a repeat of last year. But after saying that, that was when they were had one win. Now they have five wins because they've won their last four and haven't lost any. And they're looking really good right now. I mean, there's a lot of things to like about this team, I think. You got guys out there who are definitely seeming, they seem to have a little bit more uh, scrappiness to them, I'd say, this year. Where in the yeah, past, that's, a, that's what I wanted to bring up, but go ahead, Tom. In the past, I, I think a lot of times you'd see other teams kind of get physical with them and they'd shut down and they'd be looking around for somebody else. I mean, we saw Larkin, a guy kind of took a quick little run at him. Larkin got up and fought the guy. And for me, one thing is they have gotten in a lot of fights this year, which is strange for them, but they're fighting at good times as well. You're not seeing them getting in a fight when you got when it's a tie game with two minutes left in the game. They're getting in fights, you know, ten minutes left in the third period. You're already up. And it's a good situation for you to get in a fight in. Even though, I mean, Larkin fighting is something that I always worry about because it's a situation where you could easily break a hand, miss a couple months, or and also you're taking one of your better skaters and better goal scorers off the ice for five minutes because of a fighting major. Yeah, and and Frankie, I, I got accused this week because I was all jacked up that Larkin uh, got in a fight, and I thought Larkin did pretty good in the fight. But, I mean, really, I yeah, I, uh, before Frankie says anything, I, I do not want Larkin ever fighting, but I think it's like Tony, like you were saying, I think it's good that a guy like Larkin kind of surprises you and says, you know what, you want to you fuck with me? All right, let's go. You know, I mean, I think it's a, just a different mentality when you play the Red Wings now versus the last few years, probably since back when we had LaPointe and McCarty, and we don't have any of the points or McCarty's. Don't accuse me of, of saying that we do. But it, it's just kind of nice now that we have some guys that aren't going to take the shit anymore. You know what I mean? And and we, we have a guy like Ott now on the fourth line. We got Applicator, um, you know, Erickson and, and Smith on the back end will kind of throw down and uh, – you know, it's just nice that we get a little physical again these days, and and when Cronwall comes back, it's time to get your heads up in the neutral zone again. So, you know, it's it's one of those things, man, where it it's not so much just a skill pretty team anymore. We have a little bit of grit to us, and that's kind of nice to see for a change. It is nice to see. And uh, I, Joe, I was just te- you're referencing for the fans. You're referencing <laughs> to to the group text where I was making fun of you when you were, he, Joe came in hot. He was all excited about Larkin. And, I was excited. And, and, all right, excited. Did, let me. All right, I got you. I got you. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm repping you right now. So Joe comes in like 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 Larkin. I didn't see the game first of all. I didn't see the fight. I, I watched. I watched it back. Obviously, once I found out about it. But Joe comes in like he's uh, the next coming of Tyson or or Anderson Silva or something like that. So I go and look at the fight. It, it was nice. In, in fairness, it was nice to see him stand up for himself. We do have some guys that will back their teammates up and. Again, yeah, we're not uh, the same team like back in the late 90s, early 2000s with, uh, you know, Grimson's or the McCarty's, LaPointe's, whatever, name them. 
in fact, it's not even the same NHL anymore. It's not even like that anymore, which I yeah, wish it was. You're not it's, it's, not, again. it's not like that uh, the way that it used to be. But it is nice to see people standing up for themselves. And uh, the Red Wings are not going to be bulldozed over like they were in the past. We're not a bunch of little bitches getting pushed around. And, uh, and that will come into play as the season progresses, which is my big point. Season progression is a long season. So we'll see if we can grind it out and do what we got to do. It is a long season, but I mean, I was pretty negative on the wings last week, and I, I still really, I don't know, not sure if they're going to make the playoffs, but it is nice to see him win five games as a fan. I'm happy for him, and I think it's, Larkin had to have at least one fight in his lifetime. I remember when Datsuk threw down the first game against the Ducks, like, I was like, oh my God, Datsuk fought. You need to get your feet wet, you know what I mean? You got to pop that, uh, you know, pop that fight cherry, is what he did out there, and that's great. But as far as fighting goes, real quick, uh, while we're on the hockey topic, you know, with the NFL moving to, like, no hits to the head, do you think we're ever going to see an end to hockey and fighting or fighting in hockey because of, you know, to brain damage, they're going to start bitching about CTE too? Yeah, I will say this is I, I know. Because, like, you mentioned I, it's, they've cut down on it a lot. Yeah, I, I think the way the game is going, the way it's become a very high-skill game, smaller players can flourish more in the league now than they used to. And I, I will also say that Steve Eisman himself is a very big advocate for getting rid of fighting. Uh, because because of the head injury thing and uh, and honestly I, I don't think that's his biggest stance on it I think I think Eisman was good friends with a lot of guys a lot of tough guys that he played with over the years that are, are now have now passed away uh, you know from drug use and things like that and the the life of a tough guy in the NHL read read a couple auto bios on, on you know someone like Proby or, or Darren McCarty it's not an easy life post NHL. Uh, after spending your career 20 years fighting people, your hands are all screwed up. Uh, McCarty, he smokes this. medical marijuana now to, to deal with the pain every day. Um, and, I mean, it's it's just – it's not an easy life. They, they, they drink, they do drugs, and it's really just to get their mind somewhere else. And, and it's the same type of stuff you saw. You know, you, you throw a junior say, oh, you wanted to do a reference to the NFL. Same, same thing. He took his own life. I mean, you just – his head was, was just not right after playing so much football and head injury. So – I think I think that might be where he where Stevie Y is coming from um, when you think about it. But I can definitely see fighting going away, not not like next season, but you know I, I think they they just need to figure out a way how to phase it out of the game. I think it's almost kind of doing it on its own in a way because we definitely don't see as many fights as we did in the eighties, nineties, even even early two thousands. Uh, so yeah, Jerry, Jerry, I, I to to just kind of wrap it up on your question there. I, I think. They're, they're trying to get away from fighting, but it, it's it's going to be a few years. It's going to be a few years. Look, Joe, you made like four or five really good points, but as far as as far as the fighting goes, now in 2016, going on 2017, the the fighter, yeah, and you made the point about McCarty's and guys like Probert, and you even referenced Seau with the NFL. The fighter in hockey now that I'm looking here and now and forward in the future does not have to be a goon. It doesn't have to be a goon. So if you want to stop the whole, like, because we can all agree fighting has um, slowly digressed, stopped, and it's slowed down. It's not like it used to be. But if you want to stop that, the only answer is unless you totally say no fighting, put a stop sign up on the league and say no fighting, then keep fighting. 
keep fighting and do it and have skilled guys like you, we mentioned Datsuk, you know, no, I'm not even going to throw Crosby's name in, but guys that go Vegetin, throw their names in the mix, skilled players who can fight and also play. The fighter in hockey, which is only a five-minute penalty or a 10-minute major, maybe a game misconduct at tops, can only be done. That, that's all you can do to them as of now as far as the rules are concerned. So as far as fighting and rules Keep fighting. It's a five-minute penalty, and do it. It doesn't have to be a goon snorting coke and doing Jack Daniels in the parking lot. It has to be a fighter. Let him be a skilled player and fight, too. That's what a fighter can be. Let him go out there and score 50 goals and fight and see how it goes then. Because you can talk about concussions and all that stuff. That's NFL stuff, man. Fist fights have been going on since thousands of years. It's been going on in the playgrounds of kids in the third grade and to approaching 25, 30-year-old kids right now. Fighting's always going to go on. So unless they say no fighting and put a complete red stop sign, red flag up on fighting in the NHL, let guys do it. And like Tony said, very well I might add, do it at the appropriate times. Don't, don't lose your head. Don't lose your cool. Be a good fighter. Be a promising fighter and fight at the appropriate times and set the tone, which leads to not being bullied around and bitched off like the Red Wings were in the past couple seasons. Be a good player and be a good fighter. And, Tony, follow up. All right. Well, one thing I was going to say is you're talking about, like, you know, people fight on the playgrounds and stuff. But at the same time, I mean, we're seeing boxers. And now also there's some MMA fighters. Who have CTE? We're going to do it. Football players. That's another have. episode, Tony. We're talking about hockey. We, we can't go that far this tonight. We can't. I'm sorry. We can't go that far tonight. But, but what I'm saying is, you're also having hockey players who are getting a lot of concussions as well, which can lead to, which is considered one of the warning signs of CTE. So you want to play touch of, hockey? I'm not saying touch hockey. I'm just saying no checking. That I I agree with Joe. I think within 10 years, they will have outlawed fighting in hockey. I'm saying, personally, find guys who can score 40 goals and fight, and we'll have a totally different narrative of this whole conversation in a couple years. Don't just have it be some dude that's going to, like like uh, Joey Kosher getting po- or who was it? Uh, God, Probert, getting caught with coke, going over the border to Canada. Don't have it be guys like that all the time. Yeah, they can fight too. They have a place in the league. If they can play, let them play. But have it be more calculated, more uh, just more. Someone back me well, up on it. I mean, like well, they, the, no, no, I, I totally agree, Frank. And I think I, I and time and I place. Saying, I think I think fighting is kind of phasing itself out of the game because when you have a when you have a guy who can fight, uh, like like Shandy could or Mark Messier, um, who could fight and score goals. They didn't fight as much, right? So I think what we see now is more guys like that, the power forward who, who fights once in a while, kind of like a Lucic, but but he doesn't he doesn't fight as much as. So a don't fuck with me unless you want to fight, and but you know if you fuck with them, exactly. it's going to be a fight. Yeah, and, and honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this right now. I, I mean, I'm just I'm just kind of kind of going off the question Jerry asked, and and I, I just I, I think I see that's where the NHL wants to go with this. Me personally, Joe Krasik. I love that aspect of hockey. I think it's a part of the game. I think it belongs I, in the game. That's what separates this game from other sports. I think people look at hockey. I hear it all the time. For people who don't even watch hockey, they do. They you know, anytime you talk to a, 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 a sports fan who doesn't watch much hockey, they they will always admit that hockey is one hell of a tough ass sport. I wish they, they could drop them in football and they fight. I wish no, they could Frank, drop the you know what? Somebody somebody at work actually said that. Uh, Take the helmet off and go at it in football. football. Why not? It's the same damn thing. 
you guys all made really good points. I, I would agree that down the line, I think that it is going to be outlawed. I think that one of the reasons why they still keep it in there is because it's almost like a self-policing type aspect, the way you throw in somebody at baseball is. If you take a cheap shot on Crosby, somebody from his team is going to come and do something physical to you. But and the, and the reality of the matter is, like you probably should keep fighting hockey, I think, but it should be done very infrequently and in, in, in uh, terms of the using it as a self-policing type tactic. You know, they wouldn't need that if the league stepped in and you took a cheap shot on somebody. Like when uh, Weber slammed Zetterberg's head off the freaking glass a couple years ago, he doesn't even get a game for that. It's like, oh, we're supposed to protect their heads. The league needs to step in and, you know, take care of some of that stuff if they're going to get rid of fighting. There's going to be monsters in every sport, and that's a good point, Gerard. There's going to be monsters in every sport. you got to get rid of that stuff, and the suspensions just, have mean, to be it's, higher. It's but, not just NFL. Yeah, it's no, all, any sport. Or NHL. All sports, they take cheap shots. Even soccer, they come and kick you. You have tape, and you can review the game. It's like, oh, the referees missed it. Like, and hockey's guilty of that. Hockey's guilty of that. If you're going to do it in one sport, doing the other, and that, that fa- it goes to CTE, it goes to all the concussion stuff, whatever, yeah. Have more strict rules, but do not. I mean, dude, we could. This is a whole thing. We could talk about this for a lot, but do yeah. not take away yeah, fighting and do not take away fighting and hockey. Actually, you know what? Episode thirty-one. Let's let's make this a segment. But yeah, we, we have to because I have strong feelings in terms of the. I still have strong feelings in terms of the fact that they make millions of dollars. And How about they know that the strip tease? How about that? Yeah, tease? I need. Yeah. I need. To, I need to prepare for this. How about yeah, this tease? Episode thirty-one. Thirty-one. We will discuss concussions. We'll talk hockey across we'll talk all fighting, sports, not just football. Everything. Can I? Can I close out? Uh, just two last comments on the Red Wings before we before we move on. Yeah. Yep. Number. Okay. Bills. So no, I got, I got I got two, and then I I promise I'm done with the Wings. So one. Uh, Larkin, two goals last night. I think he's kind of starting to clench his stick a little bit there. He's playing good, just not just not finishing. Two goals. Uh, one of was them he was clenching awesome. the shaft? But, yeah, um, I, I think uh, that was a good one, Gerard. Uh, I, I think I think now that he's kind of got those out of the way there, um, I think he's have a better year than last year. I think he's the real deal, and I think that's going to really help this team down the road, um, especially with him put, putting the puck in the net. And then Vanek, Vanek's been uh, solid and steady, boys. Uh, I think I think a lot of people were kind of wondering, you know, hey, what, what the what the fuck with that pickup? Um, if he keeps this up, uh, maybe not as such a, a high pace as he is right now, but if he stays steady throughout the year, um, it's gonna look like a pretty good deal uh, for two million bucks. Fair, fairly said, fairly said. And I also want to say one more thing before we pay the bills, and that's what we're gonna do, um, Joe. We, we've already touched on it in the show. I'm looking forward to seeing you this weekend. My people out there in listener land, my schedule is to leave at 0700 tomorrow and meet up with Joe around uh, around 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, his time in Seattle, Pacific Washington, time. Pacific time. But um, just in case I picked the cheap airline, I'm just saying, guys, we're li- <laughs> here we go. Like, I'm, I'm live on the air. Doomsday! You know, I don't have much in this life. I've been, <laughs> listen, guys, no, I'm serious. You know, listen. But I'm I, not I, just going to go into the shed and put a bullet in my brain like what you're saying. Thanks. I'm not going to do it. Thank so you, I'm Frank. not doing it yet. I'm not doing it yet. Okay. So what I just wanted to say to the to people in listener land, this is episode 30. It was a great episode. It's my uh, three of the best friends I have in, in this entire world. Um, I'm shipping out tomorrow. Um, I'm going to go visit Joe. We're going to have a great time. That's according to plan. However, I'm flying on a cheap airline, and this is one of the big forums that I have in my life. So just for all you guys out there, in case anything happens, 
Uh, I love you. Uh, I hope you respect, if not agree, uh, at least respect my opinions. I love you guys. Uh, I love my brothers on this on this team, uh, on this earth, and um, I'll go to all going according to plan. I will see you tomorrow, Joe. I love you to pieces, and uh, you know, hopefully this isn't my uh, you know will, but I'll see you guys <laughs> later, Jerry. Folks, you can keep Django folks, though. If something folks, happens, Jerry, you keep Django. I'll let him go hey, in the field, folks. Don't worry. It's- it's 2016. He's getting on a plane. He'll be fine. I'll take care of our boy. You're not know. flying Malaysia Airlines, are you? No, and I'm not. And I will not be carrying a G7 Samsung or whatever the hell that's going on. I'll, I'll, oh, yeah. Something. They told us about that. I'll be carrying an iPhone. Uh, they're like, yeah, you got to take that shit and throw it off the plane. I was like, what is this? What are you talking about? My trip will be like, sponsored yeah. by Apple Computers. And I will see you tomorrow, Joe. And, t- and we're going to pay some bills. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow. I love you guys out there oh. in listener land. Good debate. Good show. All right, we hope you guys liked the debate. And if that's a segment you'd like to hear more of with some other topics, you can uh, let us know by emailing us at revolutionarysportsfront.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash revolutionarysportsfront. Or also we're on Twitter at twitter.com slash rsfpodcast. We got uh, Instagram out there, which we haven't used in a while. We got a YouTube we haven't used in a while. And the show is available for download and subscription on iTunes and Stitcher. So have a great week. Enjoy the rivalry week. And we'll be back next week with some concussion talk. And also uh, UFC 205. And some results. So thank you for being a part of the sports revolution. Oh, wait. P.S. P.S. We have a live show coming on Thanksgiving. I will be in Detroit, baby. Kaboom. Boom.